Welcome to the podcast again. You know, I am so excited about sharing with you the Word of God, especially in this particular season that we are in. We are in the most wonderful season of the year for so many. It just makes me kind of happy and excited. Now, uh, this season, in, in fact, it's marked by some certain scriptures in the Bible. Uh, it's a season that has been set aside by tradition in the Christian church uh, for the celebration of an event that we know happened, but we just don't know what time it happened. We just don't know when it happened. But listen to this scripture. Can you mark this season? Are you ready? And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Of course, you know, you know that scripture. If you have read through it or, or been to many Christmas plays or been to, uh, you know, church during the Christmas season, you know that is a part of the Christmas story. It marks a time for us in history when we can look back and realize that there was this event that was taking place in the world that Caesar Augustus, even though he did not know it, even though he imagined he was doing uh, what he was doing for uh, perhaps uh, you know money, more money for the empire, you know why in the world uh, was was this decree that all the world should be taxed? Why was it sent out in this season, in this moment, in this particular time frame? Well. A lot of people may have thought a lot of things about it. I don't know, maybe the Roman Senate. Maybe they are the ones that, you know, came up with it or okayed it. Or, you know, perhaps it was just Caesar who said, oh, well, you know, the, 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 uh, the coffers are getting, you know, slim and getting empty. And we need to replenish uh, our empire with money. And the way to do that is with taxes. They could have thought a lot of things. But let me tell you what the real story is. The real story is they were players in the plan that God had to bring his son into the world at a very specific and prophetic place. You see, because that decree went out from Caesar Augustus, there the story continues to tell us that there was a man named Joseph living in Nazareth, and he was a carpenter. And he had just been engaged and betrothed to a young girl named Mary, who was found to be with child, although she had never known a man. This virgin Mary had conceived, and she was engaged to be married to Joseph. Joseph was of the house of David, and this particular decree demanded that Joseph and his family Mary, in this case, traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And while they were there, you know the story. It's the Christmas story. Jesus was born. Now, as I said earlier, we don't know what time of the year this was. We don't really know. Uh, you know, many people imagine, of course, that because Jesus was crucified at Passover, which is in the spring of the year, and because we calculate that Jesus was 33 and a half years old, that sometime around September or October would have been the actual time that he would have been born. And perhaps around this time of the year, around, you know, the December 25th uh, New Year's uh, time of the year, would have been the time that Gabriel would have been sent to Mary in Nazareth and announced the coming of Messiah through the virgin birth. Now, 
whenever it was, is not material to what we're going to learn today. And uh, we cannot even know a specific date. But that we set aside a time to celebrate the birth of Christ, I believe, is important. In fact, I can overlook all of the other fundamentals of that moment and all of the other considerations of, of what day it was and what time of the year or even what year it was or anything else to realize that the celebration of the birth of Jesus is something that I want to participate in. And so setting aside a time, especially a time when all the world would remember and commemorate this, you know, is a very special thing. I think it's a wonderful opportunity for Christians to let their light shine and to be witnesses. I know the world has tried to erase Christ from Christmas, but you know, they haven't succeeded. They have not succeeded. In fact, Christmas can be nothing, uh, nothing more than the birth of Christ for everyone. It matters not whether they celebrate it on that day or don't celebrate it on any day. It matters not whether they're of the Muslim faith or of the Hindu or a Buddhist or, you know, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter, uh, uh, agnostic, uh, you know, atheist, uh, you know, claiming the, there is no God. It does not matter because everyone knows what Christmas is about. It's about the birth of the Son of God, the Savior of the world in a town, a little town that was so obscure, that it was so small, that, that it really was uh, nothing except it was on the prophetic map. And it showed up one day there in the town of Bethlehem as a star announced the birth and the season and as the prophets foretold of the times that a virgin brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Wise men came and shepherds came and so many came and visited because this child was different than any child that had ever been born. This child was the Son of God, Savior of the world, Messiah, the promised Emmanuel, God with us. It matters less what time and what season than the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. It matters less when it happened than it did happen. So let's not get stuck on the exact day or season. Let's not, you know, run crossways with those who want to celebrate Christmas at this season. I certainly don't run crossways with them. In fact, I embrace that. I celebrate Christmas this season. If not this season, then when do you celebrate the birth of Christ? Uh, or do you celebrate the birth of Christ? When is it that you set aside the time? You know, I mean, my own mother and growing up, I know this is a, a little off, off topic, but my mother thought I was born on the 10th day of the month. I was not. I was born on the 8th day of the month. And, you know, up until, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, her death, uh, she would normally call me two days late and congratulate me, you know, happy birthday. Well, you know, uh, I didn't say, what's wrong with you, old woman, you know? <laughs> No, I was happy to hear my mother's voice. I was very happy that she was so excited about my birth and she would tell me about my birth and, you know, she would uh, send me a present or, you know, uh, you know, uh, do a little something for me. Uh, 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 when, when I was younger, she would, she would fix me a lemon pie. In fact, it was kind of a joke in our family that I liked lemon meringue pie without the meringue. That's what I would tell her. I want a lemon meringue pie without the meringue. I just thought it was called lemon meringue, but I didn't like that white stuff on top of the, of the pie. 
necessarily. I just like the tartness of it. And so she would uh, make me a lemon meringue pie without the meringue. <laughs> and uh, we celebrated. It was, it was fun. It was funny. It was wonderful. And I don't think that Jesus is sitting in heaven at the right hand of the Father complaining, oh, they got it on the wrong day again this year. Oh, you know. No, I think he's just smiling and happy that we want to commemorate his birth. The greater aspect of this particular scripture that we read today is what we're going to focus on in this season. For this podcast, I want us to remember that God has a plan and that we are players in the plan of God. That each one of us, even without us knowing it, like Caesar Augustus, you know, those with power and those who seemingly have no power, or those who perhaps have voted for, you know, this tax, or those who are going to be going around later for years to come, you know, working off of this particular census that was being taken at this season, and everyone had to return to the to their home, uh, uh, to the home of their their uh, ancestors, so that they could be recorded in a census, so that the census could be taken and. And, uh, you know, the world could be taxed. The, the, the known empire could be taxed. It was not about the tax. It was not about who was governor. It was not a, about who had the good idea. It was not about all the arguments pro and against. It was the fact that God had a plan and God was going to have his way and everyone else, you know, they were going to play the part that God assigned them. And, and you know, I, I call these things, uh, you know, a, a divine coincidence. There are no coincidence, by the way, or happenstance. This is a divine coincidence. It's an incident that happened in cooperation with the plan of God. Even though no one knew it, it happened in cooperation with the plan of God, and for that, it was a coincidence. Uh, you know, Jesus was not just born. He didn't happen to be born in Bethlehem. He didn't just happen to be born in this season. He didn't just happen to be born when when when, when the, a star, a bright star, was going to you know be seen in the east by the wise men. He didn't just happen to be born. Born on the same night that the angels announced to the shepherds the good news. Uh, you know, he didn't just happen to be born. He was born at a right moment, at a right time, in a right way because of the plan of God. Caesar Augustus, he declared that all the world should be taxed at just the right moment, in the right time, in the right season because he was a part of the plan of God. Mary, of course, knew she was a part of the plan of God, and so did Joseph by angelic visitation. But Caesar Augustus most likely had no angelic visitation. He just thought it was a good idea. You know, sometimes... When we think we're just having a good idea, sometimes when we think, uh, you know, that this may even be an inconvenience, can you imagine Mary and Joseph having to walk or perhaps at best ride a donkey, you know, uh, all the way from Nazareth, all the way down to Bethlehem? That's, you know, at best, uh, you know, 80 miles. You know, and if you went uh, the normal way, the way that we later see Jesus walking uh, into Jerusalem and on down to uh, uh, Bethlehem, which is south of Jerusalem, uh, 
Jesus walked around the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee and down an old road, down a path on the on the eastern bank of the Jordan River through now what is the, the very base of the Transjordanian Mountains all the way down to Jericho and crossed over it uh, somewhere between Adam and, and, and the Dead Sea, uh, the same place where the children of Israel crossed over, the same place where Jesus was later baptized, was a natural crossing to cross over there and go into Jericho. You know, Jericho was a well-watered town. It had uh, seven oases in it, and it, in fact, it claims to be the oldest continually inhabited city on the planet, a uh, continually inhabited town, uh, community on the planet of the earth, and it may well be. And there was a staging area for people to rest up from their journey, their long journey from the Galilee, and rest up, and then uh, they would make that hike up. It's quite a ways up, from about 1,200 feet below sea level to about 2,500 feet or so above sea level. It's quite a journey in that 18 to 20 miles uh, up, 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 up to Jerusalem. And then, uh, you know, or you can go a little farther south along the Dead Sea and go up, up, up some cliffs. They're uh, just uh, not too far south of where the Jordan River pours into the Dead Sea, not too far south of Jericho in that Great Rift Valley, and go back west, and you can climb up into the hills of Bethlehem and on into the city of Bethlehem. What an interesting journey they were on, and I'm certain it had hardships and difficulties. You know, uh, Mary was pregnant. You know, most likely she was about six to seven months pregnant, uh, might have even been eight months pregnant before the journey was completed. Uh, and here, uh, the hardship that she encountered might have even seemed like a, like a cruel um, um, burden that the government has placed upon Mary and Joseph. But you know, it wasn't the government's idea. It was God's idea. You see, God has a plan. He will succeed, and everyone is a player in that plan. You have a chance to participate uh, willingly, or you can participate unwillingly. Uh, many times we have a chance to knowingly participate, and sometimes we participate unknowingly. Sometimes it seems like a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm certain that Caesar Augustus thought it was going to be so wonderful, and all of the publicans, all of the tax collectors thought it was going to be wonderful because, you see, uh, their salary was set based upon the taxes they collected just like Zacchaeus and just like Matthew, who, uh, who ended up being a disciple of Jesus and Zacchaeus getting born again. They were tax collectors. They were publicans. Uh, Zacchaeus being called a notorious sinner. Why? Because his, uh, his uh, job allowed him to cheat people out of money. And that's one of the redeeming qualities of his conversion is that he paid back the people that he had stolen from and uh, taken, wrongfully taken money from and gave them that with interest. And it cost him quite a lot, but he was a very rich man. You know, this decree by Caesar Augustus, it looked like just one more part uh, in, in a world of, of, you know, conditions and laws and requirements and taxes and governments and, and governmental encroachment, but it wasn't. Let me encourage us today in this season of celebrating the birth of Jesus to remember that God has a plan. God needed uh, Caesar Augustus to participate, and he was going to participate through whatever leadership God needed to place in his life. Uh, he was going to participate, and in that, God's will came to pass. You are a player in the plan of God. You, hopefully, are a willing participant. 
And hopefully we are not complaintive whenever it looks like hardship comes upon us. Don't complain whenever you're compelled to do something difficult. You know, uh, don't, don't just be a complainer. You know, Simon, the serene, we find him in Jerusalem when Jesus has been condemned to the cross. Jesus falls beneath the weight of the cross, the Bible tells us. And the Roman guards compelled this man to carry the cross. Simon, I'm certain it wasn't his first choice. Perhaps he was there just to see the crucifixion. And he had a couple of sons with him. But yet, when he was compelled to carry the cross, even though it may have seemed like an unfair burden to him, yet what a privilege it was for him to be a participant in the salvation of mankind. He was chosen, no doubt, by the hand of God. Later, perhaps, uh, we find his two children uh, still involved in church work, in the work of Christ. There's some reason for scholars to imagine that, that Rufus was still a part of the church that was growing in the first century, and, and so was his brother. Perhaps this, uh, this unfair burden of having to carry someone else's cross at that moment seemed like something so beneath him, but yet... What a marvelous privilege to carry the cross of Christ. What a marvelous privilege for Caesar Augustus to be the one who would uh, make Joseph <laughs> carry Mary to Bethlehem so the plan of God could be accomplished according to the prophetic word. Today, I encourage us, don't complain when we're compelled to carry another man's cross. And let's all be willing to participate in the plan of God, knowing what Romans says in chapter 8, that all things work together for the good of those who are called by God and for the good of those who love God, that God makes everything work together. If you will take the situations and circumstances of your life and put them in the hands of God, you may find yourself more in the will of God than you gave yourself credit, more a player in the work of God, in the plan of God. You may find yourself not only a willing and knowledgeable participant, but one of those who actually is honored to be a part of the plan of God. Well, God bless you this Christmas season as you celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. I bless you in the name of Jesus, my Savior, our Lord, our soon-coming King. May God grant you the honor to be a player in His plan. God bless you. I'll see you again on our next podcast.